Hey, what's up? It's David L. Gray here from davidlgray.info. Doing a quick follow-up video here about a video I did some time ago talking about why Catholics cannot be Freemasons. In that video, I talked about my experience in Freemasonry and I talked about as when I was an agnostic, how Freemasonry became my religion because it had a, a moral law for me and it also had some sort of path by which I could follow to achieve life after death. Okay, so, and I, and I talked about in the video how also Freemasonry has just the, the basic constructs, the basic marks of what a religion is. A syncretic religion to be sure, meaning that it incorporates other elements of religions into its religion, but definitely a religion because it does have just the three basic character marks, which is it, it has a God, it has a moral law, and it offers a path by which a man can follow to achieve some sort of life after death. So now in that video, in the comments section, some of you got down in the comments, which I appreciate, but you basically disagreed with me saying I was wrong. Some of you got kind of rude and kind of disrespectful with the whole thing. Um, and, and basically none of you offered any sort of reason or logic. You basically said I was wrong and then you try to attack character. I get that. That's fine. I get that. Why people who belong to religion and who are also Freemasons understand why you have to say that Freemasonry is not a religion because it creates some sort of conflict and struggle within you. Because if you belong to religion, if you're a Christian, you're a Jew, or you're a Muslim, um, definitely monotheist religions, but you're also a Freemason. Well, you, you can't resolve that. You can't reconcile that because your religion is offering a path to some sort of salvation and Freemasonry is offering a, a different path. And those two paths can be reconciled. I get that. I get the struggle. I get why you have to say that Freemasonry isn't a religion if you're a Christian, uh, Jew, or Muslim. I, I get that. Okay. But I'm, I'm about to push back a little harder to force you into the issue here a little deeper to really think about this thing and to struggle with this thing a little harder. Okay, it's really come up with some answers and I look forward to you jumping back into the comment section again this time to offer some reason and logic and, and push back um, with some tr true intelligence instead of just character attacks and logical fallacies. Okay, so let's take a look at Anderson's Constitution from 1723. Now back up a little bit. In 1717, the Grand Lodge in England was first established. Okay, the first Grand Lodge system where these lodges got together and said, okay, let's form a Grand Lodge. They needed a constitution like any organization that's going to start needs a constitution that's going to standardize its practices and say, okay, this is what we believe. This is what we stand for. This is what's, this is the norm. Okay. Now, um, Anderson's constitution, which was really first compiled in 1720 by a man named by the name of um, George Payne. Okay. But in 1723, they were compiled by this Reverend James Anderson. And then they were also reprinted in the United States in 1723 by Benjamin Franklin, which really it was, became the first Masonic book published in North America. So um, this is Anderson's constitution. It, it comes from, like I said, the old charges. It, it's, it's the constitution of Freemasonry is what it was originally called. This is the basis upon which Freemasonry is established. And these is, this is what's norm. These is, this is what's normal in Freemasonry. This is the practices. These are the standards. Okay. So let's take a look at the very first article of Anderson's constitution from 1723 um this article is, is concerning god and religion and it's very it's eerily similar not by coincidence by the way to the first amendment of the constitution of the united states also concerning god and religion so let's take a look at it here number one 
concerning God and religion. A Mason is obliged by his tenure, that is obligated by his tenure, to obey the moral law. And if he rightly understands the art, he will never be a stupid atheist nor an irreligious libertine. Though through in ancient times, Masons were charged in every country to be of the religion of that country or nation, whatever it was. Yet tis now thought more expedient only to oblige, that is, obligate them to that religion in which all men agree. Pause. So here, clearly. The Masonic order is obligating men, obligating their members to forsake their own religion of their nation or country and obligating them to that religion in which all men agree. <laughs> what, what is this religion that all men agree? OK, because it's clearly not Christianity. It's not Judaism. It's not Islam. But so what is Freemasonry obligating men to belong to? obligating them to belong to this religion in which all men agree? What, what, what is this? Let's continue. Leaving their particular opinions to themselves. So here, Freemasonry is elevating this religion, which all men agree, and subordinating to that um, men's opinions. <laughs> okay, their, their own personal beliefs about God. Okay, it's, it's under that. Let's continue. That is... It's going to point to the moral law here, the law that it mentioned above, um, that Masons to obey the moral law is saying that that is to be good men and true or men of honor and honesty by whatever denominations or persuasions they may be distinguished, whereby Masonry becomes the center of union and the means of facilitating true friendship among persons that have remained at a perpetual distance. So if you're a Christian, at least I'm, I'm, this may be true for Islam and Judaism as well, but specifically if you're a Christian, this first article of this constitution, just in the second part, is big. This is a conflict because as Christians, we believe that Christ Jesus is a center of union by which all men agree and who facilitates true friendship, sacrificial friendship. That Christ Jesus taught. That's him himself. His church and his grace. Through Christ. Is what is the center of union. Of all men. Christ Jesus did not teach that Freemasonry. Is to become the center of union. And it means facilitating true friendship. No. Christ said himself. And through him. His church and his grace. Alright. So even the second part is very problematic. But but been in the first part that this this universal religion that all men agree, I'm I'm I'm, I'm confused here. How can you say you belong to religion yet you, or now you belong to a religion that clearly says in this constitution that you're obligated to belong to that religion which this organization is professing and that it is establishing. So so this is problematic. Just this first charge, this first article of the Constitution of Freemasonry. But let's continue. Now, I told you the moral law of Freemasonry is a big deal. And Freemasonry, um, Masonic behavior is a big deal. A Mason should act like Masons or there's consequences. You'll get kicked out, you get suspended, you get expelled. Um, so 
as we go down in Anderson's Constitution, they start to get into this topic, this article talking about Masonic behavior. Now, the second article in this section is addressing is called behavior after the lodge is over and the brethren are gone. Let's take a look at this and see what it says about this universal religion of Freemasonry. Number two, behavior after the lodge is over and the brethren not gone. Okay, so the Masonic meeting is formally closed, but the brethren are still mingling around in the lodge. It says, you may enjoy yourself with innocent myrrh, treating one another according to ability, but avoiding all excess, or forcing any brother to eat or drink beyond his inclination, or hindering him from going when his occasion call him, or doing or saying anything offensive or that may forbid an easy and free conversation, for that would blast our harmony and defeat our laudable purpose. Therefore, no private picks or quarrels must be brought within the door of the lodge. Pause there for a moment. So, so far, everything sounds great. This Masonic moral law sounds awesome. It's addressing really just the cardinal um, virtues of um, temperance and prudence, right? Just keeping everything within those due bounds. That's great. More people should do this everywhere in society, right? Avoid all excess. Don't fight, okay? Um, but, but let's continue. Let's continue here. Um, back up, therefore, no picks or quarrels must be brought within the door of the lodge, far less any quarrels about religions or nations or state policy, we being as only Masons of the universal religion mentioned above, we are also of all nations, tongues, kindreds, and nations, and are resolved against all politics as what never conducted to the welfare lodge nor ever will. So again, Freemasonry here is subordinating your 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 religions, um, whatever nation, state policy, whatever you're bringing into the lodge as a man is subordinating that to this idea of there being a universal religion that's above all that, that's greater than all that. That again is that center of union by which all men agree. So right here in black and white, you've seen, you've read, you've heard that Freemasonry itself calls it a universal religion. So it's not just David L. Gray saying it. Okay. It's not me, not me just laying out the logical case of, of Freemasonry having a few character marks of religion. We've seen it from our, for ourselves now, from the constitution of Freemasonry, from the very beginning of this institution, that they had a constitution in which in itself, in, it, in itself, it calls itself, Freemasonry calls itself a universal religion. So my question to you, I, li I like those of you who are, you do belong to religion. You're a Christian, you're a Jew, you're Muslim, and you belong to Freemasonry. How do I like to know, jump in the comment box, let me know how do you reconcile that? I I'm, I'm really curious to know because when I was an agnostic and a Freemason, this wasn't an issue for me. I knew Anderson's constitution. And I knew what it said about Freemasonry being a religion. But it wasn't an issue for me because, like I said, Freemasonry was my religion. I was an agnostic, but Freemasonry was my religion. It, it gave me what I needed. But you, how do you reconcile this, this conflict? 
is this your issue for you or is it not? And if, if it's not, tell me why, okay? Now, again, in the other video, you know you want to get into personal character attacks and all this and that. Okay, all right. Now let's just use some reason logic. Just use your brain, okay? Use some intellect and explain to me why this isn't an issue for you. If your organization calls itself the universal religion that is offering is universal religion and you belong to a religion, tell me why that isn't a conflict. Because I'm of the opinion that it, a person can belong to two religions at the same time. That just seems weird to me. And this is why the Catholic Church has, has always taught that Catholics cannot be Freemasons. And just for reasons like this, this is in, in differentism. Freemasonry is offering a different path. It's not saying Christ and his church. It's saying that this, this universal brotherhood is a center of union, not Christ and his church. So for Catholics, this is a non-starter. But I, I like to hear from you. Jump in the comments, comment box below and tell me why I'm wrong. So this has been David L. Gray. Make sure you guys visit me online at davidlgray.info. Make sure you follow me on all the social media platforms here. And as always, I'm looking forward to your comments below. And make sure you follow me. Follow this. Where is it at? Is it there? Right there. Make sure you subscribe so you get more updates to videos in the future. But until then, until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours.